Welcome to the Liberty Block. I'm Alu Axelman. We have an awesome guest with us today. Mr. Bruce Fenton is running for U.S. Senate from the state of New Hampshire. Mr. Fenton, thank you very much for being with us. Thanks a lot. Great to be here. All right. So you jumped into the Senate race, I guess, a few months ago. What in the hell would possess you to want to run in an election to go to D.C.? I know. Isn't that the craziest thing? Yeah, I think it was a few weeks ago. Um, and and that's a that's a great way to ask it, because the going to D.C. is is the, it was the hardest part of the decision. You know, I actually have a, a real good chance of winning. So that, that made it a hard, a hard decision um, because I said, do, do I really want to go down there? And the answer is no, I don't. But I do want to save my country and help save my country. And if I could be one voice of 100 down there to try and, you know, hold back the tyranny and and stop some of the the damage. And maybe if I'm really lucky, influence some others along the way, then, uh, you know, that is worth it that, you know, that is worth it because we, we've got to do something to save our country. And so uh, it's worth it for me to give it a shot. Great. So you have a website, BruceFenton.com? Yes. Yes. And, 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 and that's got all my positions on mm-hmm. it. I, it's different than a lot of campaign sites because I've been running that site for like 20 years. So it has, uh, you know, sort of my proof of work. You can go back and see things that I've been writing and talking about for a long, long, long time. You might not agree, but I'm very, very consistent about it. And uh, it has all my, you know, hopefully people can spend a few minutes on there and get to really know me. Yeah. So you said you want to save the country. I totally understand that. Um, I, I think it needs saving. I think it's so beyond far gone that it might not even be savable. W- what would you say are your biggest issues that you want to work on? What drove you to want to run and what would you want to work on as a priority as a U.S. Senator? The biggest things that are important to me right now are, you know, freedom overall, uh, liberty, uh, economic freedom. I'm not happy at all with the economic policies, the, the reckless printing of new money, the spending of money on on all kinds of federal agencies and wars overseas, bombing people all over the, the world. You know, these things have been a problem for many years and have, have got to stop. In, in the last couple of years, particularly, we've seen this uh, overreach of government in the form of uh, you know, lockdowns and vaccine mandates and these kind of things. So I would certainly vote against all of that. Um, and, and really just, just be a, uh, you know, in the, in the Senate, really all you can do is vote. So I would, I would vote against these, you know, expansion, do anything that I can to prevent government from expanding, you know, all of these huge bills, these multiple thousand page bills that add trillions and trillions of dollars, uh, you know, they print trillions of dollars out of thin air and, uh, you, you know, give a lot of it to government agencies and contractors and stuff. You know, I, I'd be against those those kind of things, uh, consistently voting against them. Uh, but yeah, overall, it's all about freedom and liberty. You know, more more freedom for the people and uh, you know less less centralized control uh, are, are the biggest issues. And so, however those uh, work out, in a in as you know, it really uh, depends what you know what your vote is. Um, and uh, you know, you know, you know what what comes to the federal level and what comes to senators, and uh, you know those th- those are the kind of votes that I would I would want to make. Uh, mostly no votes, I would imagine. Yeah. So if Lord Fauci recommended a national vaccine mandate and a mask mandate, you wouldn't vote in favor of it. Not only would I not vote in favor of it, but well, one one thing I can pledge is that I would never follow it. I'd never. I will never ever ever agree to those kind of things. Uh, nobody is going to ever, uh, other than a doctor, is ever going to find out from me what my VAC status is or or tell me to put an injection in my body. Uh, and, and even things like masks and stuff like that, especially if elected, 
Um, you know, if, if they, for example, if they had a, a mandate that said you had to wear a mask or you had to, um, you, you know, uh, have a have a vax pass to get into Congress, I wouldn't do it. I just wouldn't do it. And they had that recently. I mean, there was there was members who were fined for not wearing their mask. I would have taken that to a to a further, um, you know, a further extreme. I would have, um, you, you know, uh, been even more forceful about that. I just won't comply. You know, Are you following Thomas Massey? What's going on with him? Is he the oh, one yeah. who keeps getting fined by Nancy Pelosi for not wearing enough masks? Yes, he's he's my favorite. Uh, a lot of people ask, who would you be like? And I uh, on the federal level, he's, he's he's in Congress. I'm running for Senate, but um, he's he's my favorite representative. He's the one who, who represents my uh, beliefs and opinions the best. Uh, so so I agree with Thomas Massey uh, uh, and I, you know, I totally support him. Uh, there's almost uh, almost every single thing that he's done. That's why I use him as an example. He's very open about his his voting. He says why he votes, how he votes. And uh, I just happen to agree with him. So, yeah, uh, he, you know, he, he got sued or um, fined by Nancy Pelosi. He's also involved in the um, there was a, a lawsuit with the uh, I believe it was the masks and the TSA. I don't think it was the one. It wasn't the one that was heard in Florida, of course, but it was it, it was an, it was another one that him and some other members. Uh, so. So, yeah, I would try and do that kind of thing. Um, you know, w- one one difference that I have from a lot of other p- people is that, you know, I'm not a career politician. I don't, I don't I, and some people say this, but I really genuinely um, don't want to do the job that much. So I would be, uh, you know, I, I'd, I'd be probably even more forceful about fighting these kind of things because I don't, I don't care if, if somebody's going to fight me back on it or I make waves or whatever. I think that's part of why I'm, I'm running, you know, sort of the platform of, of going and making change. And uh, and 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 changing the you know changing the way everything everything works and I, I think you need people to cause a little bit of chaos and rock the boat a little bit so that's that's what I would have as a goal. Yeah, that sounds good to me. So, what have you done for a career? What's your background like? So, I started in the investment business uh, very young. Um, I, I I was in the Navy a little bit right out of high school, and then I went right into the investment business before college. I went I ended up going to college later as an adult evening student, mostly. But um, my mom had been in the investment business, so I got my first job there when I was fourteen. I, I kind of grew up on the floor of a brokerage firm when I was seven, eight, nine years old. I was I was trading my first stocks at age nine, and I got my first first job there at fourteen. And then when I got back out of the Navy. Uh, at 19, I got registered. And so I've, I've been registered as an investment advisor, some kind of regulated financial professional for uh, 28 years now, you know, quite quite a while. And in that, I've done sort of everything from financial advice to stock trading to portfolio management. I've dealt with uh, very poor people, very rich people, 401k participants, billionaires. I mean, you name it. I've had a long and very interesting career. And then I got into, into crypto and Bitcoin about, uh, you know, eight eight years ago, full-time, uh, eight or nine years ago now. Um, and so that's been really interesting as well. And you've created some cryptocurrencies, I've heard? Yeah, I don't usually call myself a creator. I, I was very, in, probably Ravencoin is the, is uh, what you're referring to. You know, I was very instrumental in that. I came up with the idea and I co-wrote the white paper and, uh, you know, came up with the name and, and you know, the general idea. But I can't take much credit really, you know, all of, I, I've never written a line of code. 
Um, and that's an open source project, you know, so it's so in these kind of things, it's very different than being like a coin founder who founds a coin and gets a big pre mine or something like that. In open source, you're just ideas. I'm a great ideas guy. And so I, I have ideas and I share them. In the case of Ravencoin, I had ideas, I shared them. And then some people went on to build that, you know, like Tron Black and some of the other people who who actually did the real work on it. And um, it's you know it's open source it's given away so I, I didn't get any special control or i don't have any special role i didn't get any special coins or anything but but my ideas were very instrumental and and the you know the ideas and in kind of kind of coming up with it and then also um you know working on the white paper you know that which is which is fun and i, I love open source because you can and i've done a few open source things that was the most successful you know, other than Bitcoin, you know, and, and I, I can take even less credit for Bitcoin because that wasn't my idea. You know, I'm just one of, of many, many. But I love I love project like uh, like Bitcoin, where it's open source, where you can contribute what you want. Um, and you, you you also don't have obligation. You're not like you have to do this. You're the CEO or something like that. You can you give your ideas away and the the, the system and the protocol uses it. Uh, so that's that's one thing I really love about open source. Yeah, that's a great point. I love it too. Obviously, I'm a big fan of cryptocurrency. So you're obviously very involved in, in crypto and alternative currencies. Do you think there's any chance to save the US dollar? Should it be saved? Should we hasten its death and let cryptocurrency and gold and silver and, and real sound money take over? Yeah, I think Bitcoin is definitely better money. So I would like to either hasten the demise of the dollar and just we just move to Bitcoin or, you know, an easier way with the path of, le of less resistance would be to to make the have the dollar uh, be backed by Bitcoin. You know, it, it used to be sound money. It was backed by gold. Um, if we could issue or maybe, you know, maybe maybe you issue a new dollar that's just backed directly by bitcoin as as long as you don't as long as you make sure the danger with this what makes me want to just have it go away entirely is anytime government is touching this stuff you're going to be closer to cbdc's you know central bank digital currencies where you know suppose even something perfect like i just mentioned or or i shouldn't say perfect but very good where government says okay we're going to we're going to make the dollar strong again uh the dollar's too weak we're going to stop printing it from thin air we're going to limit the supply and we're going to try and back it with Bitcoin and we're going to have Fort Knox. We're going to give Fort, Fort Knox some uh, hardware wallets and they're going to start uh, stacking Bitcoin. That'd be pretty cool. That's pretty bullish from a Bitcoin standpoint. But then he brings you back to the question of like, well, what do you need the dollar for if it's just Bitcoin? And and are you going to have a digital version of it? And that would lead down to a road of saying, OK, well, now we're going to have a digital dollar doesn't matter what it's backed by right now it's obviously not backed by bitcoin so it's significantly less good than the thing i just described but either way if you have a central thing that's controlled where where that money is controlled by a central bank that's a problem because that can lead to total tyranny if you have the government has the ability to uh you know control who who gets what or where your money goes or they have the ability to freeze assets or something which i think that you know that's just in their nature. They're going to want to have that, you know, tyrants want a tyrant, you know, they're going to, they're going to want to have that ability to shut it down. And if they do that, that is, uh, you know, that that's a real, real, real bad thing for freedom. So we've got to, you know, fight that at all, at all costs. So it's, it's double, it's the, it's the, the monetary policy itself. You know, what is good money? The fiat us dollar is not good money. It's, it's, it's sort of scammy money. Um, 
and then the actual currency you know how does it work if you if you have controls on it where it can't be movable and fungible you know that's a problem as well so it might be better to just not have this entirely i i hope either way however it shakes out that we are entering a world where money and state are separated the same way church and state were separated hundreds of years ago where you just don't really need them you don't need government involved in your church we all recognize that now clearly americans recognize that pretty much every american agrees on that it's, it's a better system um, and it was inconceivable just a few hundred years ago. A few hundred years ago, you couldn't you couldn't really have a conversation without thinking, well, what does the cardinal think, and what does the bishop think, and you know, it was very different times. Um, so we had the separation of church and state, and that's been good for humanity. And I, I think the separation of money and state would be the next natural thing. It's harder for them to give up money because the ability to print money is <laughs> is is very powerful. Um, but it, at the end of the day, it's not good money, and and humans have gravitated towards stronger money over time. So hopefully that that's what will happen in the future as well. Excellent. So what are the other big issues? I know you're obviously big on, on currency and economics, and you already explained how you're not a big fan of Corona fascism. Um, what are the other major issues? Is, is it uh, taxes, education, guns, foreign wars? What would you focus on in the U.S. Senate or what kind of committee would you want to be on? Yeah, all those things. I'd be. I would want to be on the committee. It's, it's funny. I've been trying to think what committee I'd want to be on. Whatever the one I have the ability to 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 do the most to dismantle government, that's what I would want to be on. Whatever one I have the most ability to, uh, where my vote would count the most, where I can s slow it down the most. Uh, you know, and and I want to be really like, you know, to be clear, you know, I, I want to be kind of a. I don't want to say radical because I think what's radical is what's going on now. I think I want to be more of a regular, uh, you know, real American and 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 put a stop to some of these these kind of things. But I would want to disrupt this system. The system is is evil and broken right now, and it's hurting a lot of people. So I would want to dis disrupt that as much as possible. So that's the kind of committee I would want to be on. And even if I wasn't on a committee, you know, I would love to do things like. I think I'd be great at filibusters. I think I, I got good stamina. I might be able to break a record or something. You know, I'd like to really, you know, do anything I can to 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 stop this march of, of tyranny. So, you know, all those other issues that you mentioned, I you know, gun rights are very important to me. I want to have people have the right to defend themselves. I think drugs should be legalized, uh, decriminalized. Um, you know, generally less laws overall. You know, government shouldn't be involved in marriage or any of these other things. Um, you know, appointing people that, you know, one, one important role that the Senate has is, is in, uh, you know, confirming presidential appointments, including, uh, you know, generals, you know, you have uh, four-star generals and three-star generals and admirals. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of people that I think uh, aren't uh, serving the constitution and, and, you know, they, they should be vetted and maybe stopped in many cases, if, if a Senator can stop them. And there's ways to do that through filibuster and other means. Uh, and you can certainly vote against somebody's confirmation, but there should be more of that. Um, that's a real power that they have that a lot of people don't remember that that is, is a power that they have, um, definitely reducing foreign wars. Um, and, you know, overall, the size of the government, you know, I think things like the TSA, the TSA shouldn't really exist, you know, it's 300,000 person, it's kind of the domestic standing army that our founding fathers warned us about, very invasive, you know, they're now coming up to New Hampshire, um, you, you know, doing, uh, you know, they did, they did a massage parlor raid in, in Portsmouth, you know, I mean, here, this was sold to us as something that's going to protect us from, you know, the next Al Qaeda coming out of a cave and conquering America. And now they're, now they're, 
busting a illegal massage therapy or, or whatever, you know, th this kind of thing, um, you know, they shouldn't really exist. Uh, you know, so anything I could do to cut these kind of budgets would be something that I would be uh, in, in favor. But yeah, pretty much across the board, you know, those kind of liberty focused issues are the things that I care most about. And have you thought about bills that you'd propose? Because as a as senator, obviously, you can propose bills. Um, mm -hmm. How radical would you go? Would you propose eliminating gun laws, like eliminating the NFA so we can actually have a right to keep their arms not being infringed? Yeah, yeah, I'd be I'd be in favor of getting rid of the NFA. Thomas Mazzi, you mentioned, had a good bill um he's put it forth a couple times but he just tweeted it again a week ago or so which is it's just one line and it says abolish the department of education and uh, I, I think i made a joke that that that's a flawed bill because it only mentions one department <laughs> you know uh if you could do that for for you know there's probably 30 different departments and agencies that i would be in favor of likely but our world is changing right now so anything that sounds radical now may not be that radical because um you know what as i said what's radical is what's happened what's radical is politicians you know fauci deciding he can shut down two million businesses and tell everybody to stay home for six months you know your kids have to wear a mask for for two years you know that's radical you know that's that's really radical and, um, you know, having old about life and, you know, significantly less of this kind of thing. And in fact, pretty much every period we've had significantly less. Um, so yeah, you know, other bills, you know, and I, I mean, I, I like the, especially being an outsider, I've always tried to get along with people. I, I would try and get along with people and find common ground, even with sort of ideological enemies, you know, somebody like Elizabeth Warren, where it was really hard for me to find something nice to say about her. Um, AOC is in the House, not the Senate. But, but you know, I, I would try and I've thought about, you know, what kind of person I am and what kind of person I'd like to be. One goal I would have is I'm, I wouldn't play the, the party games for the Republicans e either. I'm not a, not a conventional Republican by any stretch. Um, you know, if Mitch McConnell, Rick McConnell wants me to do what he says, he can go move to New Hampshire, become a New Hampshire voter. And New Hampshire voters is who I'm going to represent, not you know, party party politics. But by the same token, uh, I would definitely want to find, obviously with the Republicans, of course, I'd try and find a lot of common ground. And there is a lot of common ground, even with your kind of, you know, you know um, classic, uh, uh, you, you know, right Republican, we could find common ground on guns and, and uh, anti-wokeness and these kind of things. But I would try and find common ground even with Democrats. So, you know, as far as bills that I would try and put for, forward, I try and find something that um, you know, that would have appeal, you know, maybe there's things you could do with prison reform and justice system reform, these kind of things where you might get Cory Booker or, or even Elizabeth Warren or something like that. Uh, and then, you know, those would be great victories. You know, it, it's a, it's a victory to do something like, uh, you know, the one line bills to get rid of, uh, you know, agencies, but it's an even better victory if you have something that actually is able to pass. And you could make something. I mean, what a great. I mean, what cool would that be if you get something that's truly deregulatory that you get, you get Democrats. Uh, and you know, I may be naive and crazy, but I would try and convince some of these folks that are that these ideas are right. You know, I, I they're not going to vote from vote, vote with me on something 
for, for the sake of the votes, but for what it's worth, I, I really believe in these ideas and I would try and convince them that these ideas are right. It's what America needs right now. And I've been talking to a lot of Democrats right here in New Hampshire already when I'm on the, the campaign trail, um, uh, you know, Democrats of my dad's generation. Uh, and they, 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 they get some of the, they, they like some of my message. They, they're like, yeah, you know, I, I agree with you on free speech. It's gone too far. We should never have our government, you know, baby boomers who grew up in the Woodstock era, they don't think it's right to have protest zones. And, uh, I was at the Biden, uh, you know, visit the other day when he came to Portsmouth, there was Democrats there as well. And I was, I said to him, you know, you guys can't support this. We are half a mile from the guy. That's not America. That's not the America I grew up in. Uh, we're not here because of national security or any other excuse. We're here because he's afraid of us, because there's more of us than there are of, of you, uh, more protesters than there are fans. And, uh, you know, so I, I think I'm on ground with Democrats on that, on those kind of things as well. And that, that would be really exciting. I mean, I think there should be more Liberty Democrats, and I'd like to, you know, push that forward and get, get more people in, involved in Liberty, no matter what side of the aisle they're on. Yeah, a few things you touched on there that I, I want to discuss. You mentioned that Biden keeps you guys like a mile away. And, and what's so interesting, and again, I, I was there, I think, when Kamala Harris visited, I believe, Concord. And yeah, we couldn't even be close to her. And there were who knows how many hundreds or thousands of armed agents protecting her. If you go to other countries, the prime ministers or presidents are have little to no security. Right. So it's, just, it's very interesting. I don't know if that means they trust the people more or people all like them and their approval rating is, it can't be 100%, but it, it must be close. I don't know. It's very interesting how I think the United States is the only country besides maybe North Korea and China and, and maybe Russia where yeah. the, the head of state is really so far separated from the people, like literally physically separated. Yeah. yeah. And it's a newer thing. You know, you look back at, I tell younger people all the time, I go, go look at the footage of Reagan, Ronald Reagan. Pr reporters were everywhere. Reagan, Carter, they were there, you know, when he, at an event like this, if he's walking to a hotel to give a speech, they're right there in front of the hotel. Hey, Mr. President. And they're asking questions. And a lot of times they have to answer. And if it's a, if it's a pressing question, they'll all ask the same one. And, uh, you know, and people are allowed to protest. They're allowed to go right up to them. I mean, you, you know, we saw this, I mean, even as recently as Obama, we saw more of this, but it, the, the, you know, what happened is you had um, George Bush senior reduced the, the, the access a little bit from Reagan and uh, everybody since then, George W. Bush didn't like the criticism of the Iraq war. And so he reduced it. Uh, Clinton, was I think the first president to kick the press corps out of the White House. Uh, I think it was temporary. I think they brought him back. And he started doing this, this kind of thing of like, you couldn't get near him uh, because of the Lewinsky issue. You know, he was having, it was just too embarrassing and too humiliating, whatever. And he didn't want to be yelled at by people. And, and then they've just kept doing that more and more and more, you know, and, and now we have this situation where it's, it, it's just not recognizable. I, I, I really should have a lawyer look into it because I was trying to ask the, the officers what legal grounds there even is for that. It's a public street, you know, and they said, oh, general security, secret service. Well, tough. I mean, secret service doesn't have the authority to tell people they can't be within a mile of a guy. You know, you're not legit, legitimately a threat. And I'd like to, if there's any lawyers out there, you know, would like to look at this, I'd love to go, you know, to a judge or figure out exactly what the law is I'm sure there's some some legal justification that the Secret Service has of something to keep people away. But what is that actually? I mean, these state police, it was the state police and the Portsmouth police, they're just taking orders in this case. Uh, and they really couldn't, I, I 
filmed him for several minutes asking like what what specific law am I violating if I go across this and they really couldn't tell me they said you'd be you'd be uh, uh, disorderly conduct and, and disobeying a lawful order and I said well what's the lawful order though you got to have a lawful order to say you can't walk down a street um because maybe that's something you know that you know even the president has to follow laws of the United States so maybe that's something that a judge can say yeah you know what that is a little bit that that is beyond the scope of the secret service saying this is about protection because we all know it's not about protection it is about the the right and wrong issue is that the the the, the people are being blocked because they're protesters because they don't want to have embarrassment thing and the worst thing they do biden particularly and, and this is something people should be talking about everybody in the mainstream media pushes this under the rug because they they were so heavily invested in promoting the guy they now can't challenge him without looking bad but we need to ask about this this president's uh cognitive abilities and his mental facilities he is not good even his best fans would admit he is not good and he is not uh at the top of his game for how he once was at being able to do something like answer a question so the so the fear that his handlers have is that somebody like me who's got a big mouth who could hopefully say something maybe clever or interesting or i, I even carry a megaphone sometimes if he's walking in their fear isn't so much that we're out there saying hey you know you're terrible the fear is that we ask him a question, he actually answers it because they would say, don't answer that, mm -hmm. Joe, you know, but but because they, they know that he has a very good chance of making a complete fool of himself. And, and now, if you think about it, that makes it even worse. You know, it's like they're protecting this guy because, you know, they, they don't like protesters, but they're also protecting people from the natural accountability. When you have a leader who is not coherent, who can't answer questions, who's not allowed to go near children because he's creepy and all of these other things, it's like you need to have, I mean, you need so one way to have accountability is to have people be able to have that access, you know? 100%. So if you were a senator from New Hampshire and the federal government were passing laws, and obviously you only have one vote, and there's Rand Paul and a few others in the Senate who might support freedom, if they passed laws, let's say, totally increasing taxes to 80% effective tax burden, the flat income tax, and uh, banning all semi automatic firearms which is, I'm sure you know, includes pretty much all modern firearms. Um, how much, to what extent would you support New Hampshire nullifying that federal law and eventually arresting or kicking out the ATF agents who try to enforce that law in our state? Oh, I totally support it. Um, you know, I, I think that we should have more, we should have less centralized power so that, so, you know, the worst option is federal power. Next worst option is state power. Next worst option is town power. The best option is individual power. So we have, ideally we have none of them. You know, a lot of people say, hey, we got to get the power away from the feds and put it in the states. I don't want the states to have the power either. A lot of governors are terrible. You know, governors make mistakes. Even then, and this governor gets a lot of uh, flack, particularly from the liberty community. Uh, I, I sympathize, you know, um, especially early on. I was terrified early on. I thought we were all going to die from some, you know, super virus that was, you know, I saw videos of people dropping dead in the streets. I still don't think it was a it was a proper role of government, even if you did have, you know, suppose you had a 90 90 percent CFR, you know, everybody who gets it dies. You get COVID, you're going to die. Um, if that was the case, it's still not a legitimate role of government to uh, tell people what to do. If, if you had that, believe me, you wouldn't need any government regulations at all, because if it was that deadly, I would have packed up two years ago, which is what I did. I said, man, this is dangerous. Right, right around March, two years, one month ago, I packed up, moved to the country. 
uh, got plenty of supplies. I, I figured I could ride it out a year if I needed to. And then just as little as a few weeks later, I readjusted and realized it wasn't as dangerous as it seemed. You know, I remember the St. Patrick's Day uh, parades. I thought people were nuts. I'm like, they're going to all die. And then two weeks later, they didn't die. And I said, huh. And then and that was right around the beginning of April. And I and then you, and then you started seeing more and more ridiculous lockdowns. Um, but anyway, yeah, I would I would support nullifying that, uh, you know, anything on the on the state level or local level or ideally individual level if, if, if you can. You know, that's what we've got to do. Put the power in the hands of the people. Uh, and the idea that somebody in Washington, D.C. can you know, direct you from some fancy office in a marble building or whatever. It, it's just a it's just an outdated concept that I think is ripe for disruption. And at what point, if the federal government continues to do what they do, which is move towards authoritarianism, increase taxes, regulations, laws, and minimize personal liberty, at what point would you give up on saving D.C. and maybe move back here from your Senate office and say, you know what, we cannot be in the union anymore because they have banned all personal liberty, no more free speech, no more gun rights. Taxes are 95% effective tax burden in a meeting where 95% slaves to the federal government. They're bombing 180 countries all over the world and the dollar is, is plummeting and not even worth toilet paper. At, at what point do you know, or at, at some point, would you support state independence as the DC empire sinks into the ocean? Yeah, I mean, I support it now as a concept. Um, you know, lot of lot to unpack and kind of you know what i do in various situations i mean i i think we're in dire straits right now and I, I would hope that i put up a big fight you know uh for whatever you can do you only have so much power but um you know i i really don't care about anything else other than doing the right thing in this so if i was down there you know I, i'll just cause as much trouble as a senator possibly can you know maybe maybe i can uh just do filibusters all the time and gr grind the system down, just not cooperate, not play the game, not play the system and be a protester myself. I'm an advocate myself. You know, I was at the school board. I went to eight, eight school board meetings, um, you know, protesting uh, and I got kicked out by police three or four times. You know, I've, I'm, I'm, I've been in many, many conversations with police, uh, you know, sort of you know, protesting these kind of things. And that wouldn't change if I'm a United States senator. It might might make the protest more effective. You know, for example, if they said, oh, you need a vax pass to get into Congress to vote, I'm not going to do that. I'll never, ever, ever, ever do that. I'm never going to do that. I will not do it. If they want to arrest me, they can. I could spend the entire six years in 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 a jail cell if I have to. I'm not going to do it. And um, and that's a pretty simple thing, by the way, for voters. You know, it's just like, that's what I stand for. And some people disagree with that. You know, there's many people who, who think that's crazy. They like masks and like these mandates, and I'm not the candidate for them. But, you know, if I were to be sent down there, I view it as that kind of mandate, you know, to, to fight these, these kind of things and just and fight as much as you possibly can. And, you know, one of the things I would do is, one of the first things I would do is talk to people like Rand Paul and Thomas Massey um, and, and get their advice. And I, I mean, I'd go to Rand Paul, I'd say, hey, what's the crazy thing that you would like to do, but you don't want to do? Like, I'll do that. <laughs> I'll do I'll do the thing that you're hesitant to do because you're worried somebody's going to primary you or you're worried about fallout from other party members. I don't care about that. I'm not worried about party member fallout. I'm not worried about pleasing, uh, you know, the Republican powers that be. I'm not worried about getting reelected or, you know, what this press or that press says. Um, 
and, and you mentioned coming back to New Hampshire. I'd try and come back to New Hampshire. One of the first things I did was, was look at like, what's the least you can be down there. I looked into whether you could just skip the votes entirely and you can't, <laughs> they're actually compelled. They're able to compel you. Uh, I believe they can use the FBI. Even if they need to, they can force you to go. The, the uh, Sergeant of arms can make you. And I think there was some cases a long time ago where they grabbed some farmers who were reps and they physically bring them right back in, make you vote. So you can't just skip it. But short of that, I would skip a lot of the other things around there. You know, the games around that. I'm not going down there to, you know, go to galas and, you know, line up my uh, my consulting business or lobbying business for when I leave office kind of thing. You know, I'd be down there to do exactly what I say I'm going to do, which is protect and defend the Constitution and and keep government involvement to an absolute uh, minimum. I love the, the free state slogan, you know, keeping government role should be protection of life, liberty and property. You know, that that's what it should be. So I, I would, uh, you know, being having activism in my heart, you know, I'm, I'm an activist, but I'm also somebody who can play in the regular system. I'm a regulated financial advisor. I've been in the meetings with world leaders and and presidents and and billionaires for many, many, many years doing the kind of, you know, serious stuff. But I'm also somebody who can pull out a megaphone and, and get arrested by cops. And I think that that's that's unique and unusual. You don't see a lot of people in the Senate like that um, who have that ability to just say, like, I, I, I really don't care. I I about what you're going to do to me. I care about a higher calling. I care about these principles of freedom and what's right and what's good in the world. And uh, so I think it's easier to be consistent that way. So I, I, you could expect me to be, you know, quite the fighter on these on these sort of issues. Excellent. And you mentioned that you don't want to be in DC more than you have to. And what's funny is that I think my dad said years ago, like five, 10 years ago, when Skype and Zoom came out, that they can do all of their meetings and votes remotely very, very easily. But I guess the geniuses in Congress still have not yet discovered that Zoom exists and people don't have to fly to DC every other day? No, they like it. You know, it's weird. I mean, I, and it was, a, it was again, you know, very important decision process. I have four young children and I have a beautiful gig. I mean, I've got the best job of anybody I have. I think I have the coolest house in New Hampshire. There's a few that are more expensive, uh, but I don't think anybody has a better house than I have a better lifestyle. I mean, I like I got it made. So to go down to that uh, hellhole um, and be away from my kids, it's a big, big ask. And, uh, you know, so I looked into that. I looked into exactly how many days it is, what my schedule would be like, these these kind of things. And it's fascinating. You know, these the people down there like Jean Shaheen, you know, she lists her address as Washington, D.C. <laughs> you know, they like it down there. You know, they like it. They they like it because it's and they don't want to do their voting here because all their power structure is down there. I've been invited down to D.C. seven times already since I announced running. I only announced it a few weeks ago. And immediately I got all these invitations from lobbyists and PACs and stuff like that. Oh, you got to come down here. And the first one like took took me by surprise. I'm like, you're serious? Like, you want me to go to Washington, D.C. I'm in New Hampshire. I'm running for office in New Hampshire. I'm trying to meet people in New Hampshire. I got a primary to win in New Hampshire. And I was like shocked at the first one. But then I got six other invites. I'm like, oh, that's how it works. They all just live down there and they, they raise money from these big packs and you meet each other and then they got the lobbyists and the packs and, and then and then they become a lifestyle. You know, you get on the board of the Kennedy Center, which is what Pelosi is doing, you know, um, which, uh, you, you know, there's a, there, my daughter's on a field trip there. We, 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 we were not happy bec because they were going to uh, require a VAX 
pass for the for the field trip and uh so we had to you know work something around that so they didn't have to do it because that's against the law in new hampshire thank goodness new hampshire schools can't ask that um you know but they serve on the boards of these these you know kennedy center and it's a big social thing and they go to black tie galas and they like wearing suits and they like feeling important and they have a never-ending string of people meeting them and and kissing the ring so to speak so i mean based on their motivations and who they are and and how the system works i can understand kind of why a lot of these these people stay there it's really sort of sick and it's a it's a very um bad symptom of how broken it is because if you're really representing uh your state you should be in the state you know fortunately new hampshire's close enough to fly back and forth but i would try and spend absolute possible minimum and this this may even sound funny but uh, you know even just physically thinking about how i would actually do it because i i love my gig i meditate i have a whole system i've spent 30 years in professional life trying to perfect my system to make myself efficient and i know what makes me happy and what work i like to do and i've been fortunate enough over the years to hire people to do the things i don't like so to these days i spend my time doing all things i like i walk around my farm uh I, i've got it pretty good so you know thinking about it down there i found out that they they have a public office and a private office the private office is usually more quiet and i found out they have a swimming pool so i'm like that's it i'm gonna stay in the private office keep as quiet as possible, pick up swimming again. I love swimming. I haven't swam in years and that's it. Just keep my head down and stay, stay out of it and vote no on everything. And that's, that's all I want to do. I have absolutely zero interest in, you know, being on boards and rubbing elbows with the Pelosi crowd and, or, or the Republican version of the Pelosi crowd and figuring out how to do this or that. And, you know, a lot of them spend about a third of their time raising money for the next race. I mean, a third, a third of their time. Like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to spend any time on that, just like I'm not spending any time on it on it now. Uh, and I think I'll probably end up raising a lot more money than anybody else would anyway, because people people are not stupid. New Hampshire voters are smart. They can see right through all this nonsense. They know what people are about and what they stand for. And money can only go so far. You know, you can spend five million dollars on Facebook and establishment media ads. And, you know, at the end of the day, if your ideas are bad, your ideas are still bad. So in New Hampshire, how is the campaign going? Are you raising money, doing events? Are you getting out there to all the GOP events? Because you're going to have to court a lot of primary voters in New Hampshire. Yeah. Yeah, the campaign's going well. Um, I, I I haven't, uh, I'm just turning on some of the, um, uh, you know, some of the fundraising, like the big, big one for us is Bitcoin. I haven't done that yet. Um, I offered Senator Hassan a, a spending cap because she complained about my potential spending. She did a fundraiser email worried about, me spending millions of dollars on attack ads. And I wrote her a letter and I said, I'm not going to do attack ads or I don't have a need to do attack ads uh, because we're so different. It, you know, it's like, if you love masks, then she's your candidate. Yeah. If you thought everything that happened over the last, and I'm not going to convince many of those people. I can try and convince them why I think my ideas are right, but it's a pretty stark difference. I mean, you could say there's one vision, here's another vision. Um, so I offered a spending cap. I still haven't heard back yet. So I assume that the answer is no, she doesn't want a cap. She was just complaining for the sake of complaining. But now if I raise money, then, you know, she had the offer. It's her choice. She can make this a battle of uh, ideas or a battle of money. 
uh, either one I'm, I'm happy to compete in. I think I can compete very well in either of those uh, categories. So uh, I'm going to be, I'll turn on the, the fundraising and do some fundraising, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to spend five hours a day on the call, uh, you know, calling every friend from high school and every business connection I ever had. It's just, it's just not my style. I'm not happy with how much money is involved in politics. Um, uh, you know, so the main thing will be exactly the outreach that you mentioned, you know, we're going to, we're going to reach out to every single town committee, Republican town committee and try and meet, we, we already have a few of those lined up. So I'll be going to Rockingham and a couple others that, that are, that are lined up already. Um, and I've got an RV, uh, which is cool, like a campaign bus, we're going to decorate that cool. And uh, I, um, I've got a driver for it now. So I'm going to be on the road with that kind of all the time, the five hours that, that my competitors are spending on fundraising, I'm going to spend on the road. So every day I'm going to try and spend, you know, like five hours, you know, driving around New Hampshire. Some days it'll be eight hours or 10 hours. It'd be the whole day. Uh, and, you know, so like I have the, you know, the, the, the free state porcupine calendar and that has everything. It has like, you know, Susan and Tony are moving into their new apartment in Exeter. All right. You know, if I have a, if I have an, this is what the beauty of the RV is. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that on my own, most likely. But if I have an RV, it makes those those stops a lot. You know, yeah, I could stop in and welcome Susan and Alan to New Hampshire, ten minutes, and give them a couple brochures and the sign, maybe, and uh, say hello. Um, so I'll probably be doing a lot of those kind of things. You know, you know, the, the any event over the summer, town fairs. You know, I want to spend some time down at Hampton Beach. Uh, just anywhere I can talk to a lot of people at a time, hand out flyers, get people to meet me. I want to be very, very accessible. We've got a phone number that's um, 603-957-6300. So a really cool, you know, very New Hampshire number, 603. Uh, and you got the 6300. So people can call me on that. I'm going to put that on the van, you know, make it just very accessible. So if I'm driving around, somebody can say, hey, I see your van outside. I want to meet you. Or I saw you driving by, you know, I'm in... Uh, you know, you know, whatever, I'm in Portsmouth, can you stop by my business or, or, you know, you should know my, my diner is a Liberty diner. I got, I got, I already got a knife, a knife store. Somebody invited me to their knife store. They say, hey, I'm a big Liberty person. Uh, come by my knife store. Well, heck yeah. I like knives. I think they're cool. I want to go to every gun store, every knife store, you know, I, th every gun store is another thing. Cause I think there's a lot of supporters. So, you know, just taking that RV and going everywhere, you know, Bretton Woods, all the sightseeing and anywhere where there's people, every gun store, every town committee, uh, old school, uh, you know, shaking hands, uh, canvassing press, uh, you know, talking to people in person is, 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 is probably the, the, the biggest thing. And in a social media world, you can, you can film some of that and get a little extra leverage, but yeah, that's pretty much my campaign uh, plan at this stage. Do you have any idea when you're coming to Merrimack and Hillsborough counties? I don't, we should, in the, in the next couple of weeks, we should have like a, like a broad uh, calendar and we'll have some, uh, you know, like tentpole events and it'll be pretty easy especially before the calendar fills up i'm hoping to throw that number out there and then it'll it'll fill up pretty easy because even just with a couple things you know i have somebody hey you ought to go to this diner and you got to do this and then you just kind of plan it and i'll i'll you know kind of coordinate it like oh we're driving there let's stop here for lunch on the way and we'll stop at this committee on the way back and that kind yeah of if thing. you stay in touch i'll bring you down to my favorite gun shop in merrimack oh perfect perfect Definitely. big liberty guy he also has got a big mouth and he has nice. some really funny signs on the storefront. Really, really funny oh. about Fauci. Um, oh, oh, I think I've seen that store. Famous. 
Yes, yes, I know. I, I I had that on my list. I I know exactly the place you're talking about. Yep, they've and, had that. They've had signs like that for like 20 years, haven't they? It's some, yeah, some yeah, for a long time. Similar. He was on yeah. uh, NRA TV on Sirius XM in an interview years ago because some uh, leftists in his town were not happy with the signs in, on a store. Nice. Yeah, that's my people. Um, there's a lot of groups like that that are like overwhelmingly predisposed towards liberty. Obviously, gun owners, gun store owners. Um, you know, there's a lot of other groups, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. I, I when, when I bought my RV, I bought it up in uh, Epson and I went in and, and like, there's like six or seven guys in there. And, and this, and this was only, I bought it the day after I announced. So I announced I was on W uh, MUR and then I walked into the RV store and the first thing I walk in guy says, Hey, Bitcoin guy. And I'm like, what? I said, how'd you know that? He's always oh, saw your thing on the news last night. And then uh, before I know it, I have five or six guys. They're all talking about the Fed and Bitcoin. I'm like, well, you guys are my guys. They're like, hell yeah, we're your guys, you know. And it was so so there's certain groups that are, you know, there's a lot of people like regular working people out there who who care, you know, now about the Fed. They care about Bitcoin. They care about these issues of freedom. There's a good chunk of people. And a lot of us have been quiet. I, I haven't been so quiet. I've been kind of loud. But there's a lot of people who have been kind of quiet about the masks and the injections and stuff. And they're really, really, really upset with it. They are not happy. And they're going to vote. They're going to vote fiercely. They're going to vote like they never voted before. Um, and the pro-mask people are not like that. They're not like, well, this was so great. I'm really motivated to do more of it. I love that Biden, you know, even his own fans. There was like three supporters that showed up when there was maybe 50 of us in the rally when, when Biden came to Portsmouth. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of people like that. I, I want to find them and find those groups. And anybody who knows, you know, I want to be able to invite people to, you know, have me stop by their place. If the schedule works, if I'm on the way to something, it, it might just be as little as five people. You don't need to have 50 people at your house, but I could stop by, shake a couple hands, say hi to some people. Um, you know, I'm excited about that. And, and I, I think the RV is a big, is a big thing for that. It'll, it'll help me be just a lot more, a lot more mobile, just better logistics than a, than a regular car, you know, to be able to do that. So I'm excited about it. And, and I love, you know, I love this state, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad that I'm here. And it's a, it is the free state. It's the live free or die state. And I, like many New Hampshire people, I mean, I haven't seen, you know, all of it. I mean, by any stretch, I've, I've barely, you know, if you go to the uh, top 50 sites, I might've seen half of them or something, you know, there's a lot more that I could do. So I'm eager to go to a lot of the, the, uh, you, you know, different sites, uh, you know, sightseeing and different, you know, cool, iconic businesses, the, you know, the, the famous, uh, you know, diff different stores and stuff like that. I, I think it'd be kind of a fun, a fun way to spend the summer in my favorite state, you know? Yeah. Do you know if there's going to be a Republican primary debate? You know, I, I, I was just asking around about that recently. I don't think there's something scheduled that I know of. Uh, I would certainly be eager to do it and interested. And maybe I can even, you know, I don't know, I suppose I could challenge the other candidates to a debate and see if they want to do it. Um, if we could get somebody good and objective to, you know, host that, you know, maybe you could help or if nobody else wants to moderate, I'm, I'm happy to moderate, yeah. obviously. And host. Yeah. MUR or, uh, you know, or something. I mean, I, I think that would be great. I think that, uh, and it tends to be kind of a friendly uh, primary, you know, there doesn't seem to be attacks. I don't intend to attack anybody who doesn't attack me. Uh, but it would be good to, there is differences, you know, I mean, I like the other three, three candidates, I mean, it's now four candidates. Um, 
I don't have anything bad to say about them. I don't know too much about Vikram, the, the, the fourth fe fellow, but you know, from what I see, th there's nobody that I, I dislike. I don't consider them an enemy at all. Um, and I, you know, I suppose Hassan's an enemy, but it, I really just feel like it's a different philosophy. You know, I don't want to spend a lot of my energy. I'm not sitting here, you know, uh, burning energy, being angry at Hassan. She's just different. She's just different. We're just fundamentally, absolutely different. You know, it's just like people when I was protesting the school board, you know, that makes waves. I make up, I make some of the people on the board upset. I make certainly the people who are their big allies who, who wanted more masks and more mandates, they're upset, but it is what it is. I don't, I don't di dislike those people. I just have a very, very different philosophy and it's a great opportunity. Uh, you know, in a year like this, 2022, it's a great opportunity to up the dialogue of what we talk about, you know, to to say, you know, we don't need to do this nonsense with attack ads and and, you know, superficial nonsense. You know, when I first started uh, looking into this process, I had consultants telling me, like, you got to get a bunch of pictures of your kids. Like, really? Like, come on, we got more important stuff. That, you know, yeah, I have cute kids. OK, like, are you is somebody really that dumb? They're going to vote for me because I have cute kids. Unfortunately, the answer is yes. yes. That's 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 what the. They're correct. You know, they know their field and they know it's even worse than that. Like they know that, uh, you, you know, all these superficial things that that people care about. And they'll, they'll tell a candidate, they'll say, don't say anything. Don't take a stand on anything, because every time you take a stand, you're going to lose votes. So say that, you know, the most generic thing ever, say something with universal appeal, like I'm a veteran and I care about the children. You know, and don't say anything. And, and then it, but that, not now, not in 2022. That playbook is fine for 1996, but we're in different times right now. These are serious times. Serious stuff is going on. We have geopolitical uh, instability. We've got massive hyperinflation. We've got the dollar falling apart. Our place in the world is falling apart. We have no leadership from the top. We have terrible leadership in Congress uh, at all levels. You know, th this is a serious time. So we need to we need to right this ship. And uh, and so those kind of things. If I can get enough people who care about those issues, then I don't need to worry about you know how good looking I am or whether I've trimmed my beard properly or shaved it entirely, whatever, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, it's It should be about issues. And this is a golden opportunity for us to make it about issues. Fantastic. So how can people find out more about you? What's your website again? It's uh, brucefenton.com, my name. Uh, that's also my handle for things like Twitter and Facebook. Um, you know, the website is great because it's, uh, more censorship resistant, although I'm psyched about Twitter's news, you know, that hopefully we'll have uh, less censorship on there as well. Um, but I tried to make the website so people could spend 10 minutes on it. You know, I'm willing to give six years. Hopefully they'll give me 10 minutes. You know, it, it I'm very open and upfront about my positions. Uh, you know, I don't try and hedge things and make it sound good to everybody. You know, I believe what I believe. And I, and I, I say enough positions that, um, uh, most people will have something they disagree with me on, but that's okay. If they get to know me and know where I come from and what I, my core values are, I think that I can get a lot of people where even if they, even, even maybe, especially in the general election, even Democrats, they may disagree with me on many things, but they, but they may say, yeah, you know what, his heart's in the right place. And I think he's going to do what he says he's going to do, which is, you know, vote no on, on all kinds of expansion and tyranny, you know, and what we was need the, that now whatever. more than ever an email you wanted people to contact you with again? Yeah, the uh, uh, I don't really have an email, but you, there's a contact form on the website, brucefenton.com. And then the phone number 
is 603-957-6300. And that's a public mobile and I've got it and you can, you can text me on it. I'm going to use that for my campaign, any footage or anything, but people can text and I'm going to have either me or a staffer who hopefully has that people can text me or if I have time, I'll answer it when I can. Uh, and that'll be a good way to, to get in touch with people, um, as well as reminding them. I'm not going to spam people, but I will remind them on primary day, November, uh, uh, September 13th. I'll probably remind people on the 12th and the 13th to go out and vote in the primary. Uh, Republicans can vote and so can independents. Uh, a lot of libertarians are voted as uh, undeclared or unenrolled or independent, so they can vote. And, uh, and that makes a big deal, a big difference. You know, the liberty vote should really turn out to this primary. I, I believe that we should send a message and we can do it right now. We, we should send a message that you can't win if you don't have the liberty vote. You just can't, you can't win in New Hampshire. I mean, at last election, Hassan won by a thousand votes and Aaron Day uh, got 12,000 and the libertarian got 20, uh, or he got 17,000 and the libertarian got 12,000. Um, so either of those could have swung the, the election by 10X. Uh, of the votes that was the margin of error. And, uh, and we've seen similar to that, you could argue the same with the election before that, and you could, you could keep seeing that. Uh, and liberty has grown and grown and grown. So, so we, we can decide this. If I get the liberty vote, I'm gonna, get, I'm gonna win. I'll be ne next United States Senator. We'll end up with a, a, a Senator with the very similar values to, to Ron Paul. And even people, a lot of people are very focused on local. Um, but even if you're very focused on local, it's got to be nice to have at least one person out there fighting the good fight to try and keep the feds off our back. Uh, and then we can still keep fighting the fight here to nullify what they do and, uh, you know, do other means locally. Um, but, uh, you, you know, and there's a number of people, you know, you mentioned Rand Paul, there's a handful now, and there's a few people running, you know, Blake Masters, I was really psyched to meet him uh, down in Miami at the Bitcoin conference. He's running for Senator in Arizona, very similar to me in many ways. Uh, so there, there's a chance that we could get a block and if you, you could end up with a block of a dozen of these folks, and then that's the most poor power, that would be more powerful than the regular Republicans and the Democrats. You know, you could have this sort of liberty block, pro-Bitcoin liberty block. It could be the most powerful because if you had, a, if you had just five of them, um, that would be enough to, to, if you had five people that are their own caucus, uh, with the way that Senate is now, that could be you know, they could be the most powerful five people there is because they could swing votes either way. Um, and I, you know, I, so, so there is, it, it does matter. It, it really, I used to not even bother with this stuff. I, I've made the joke before, like you, you can't complain if you vote, <laughs> you know, you can't, you're part of the problem if you vote, you know, uh, if, if you vote, you can't, you, you can't, you, 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 you can't complain because you're part of the problem. But, uh, you know, as Twitter showed, you know, shareholder votes matter. I think regular votes matter too. I, I think that this this does matter and we can make a difference. So it's exciting. So I'm, I'm looking forward to just getting the word out. Uh, the more people that hear what I have to say, I'm confident there's quite a few that agree with me, um, especially given the last two years. So I'll, I'll get those votes, hopefully. Fantastic. Any final parting words for the viewers and listeners that we didn't get a chance to mention? Well, I hope to meet you over the summer. If you're New Hampshire based, I'll be driving around. I'll be hosting some things at my farm. Fourth uh, of July and other things. I, you know, Fourth of July might be so big, I might have to spread it out over a couple of weeks. But uh, you know, I'd love to do some cookouts and some hangouts. Uh, you know, meet people, talk to people, and people who disagree. Probably most of the people who listen to you uh, agree, but you know, even people who disagree. I mean, it's we, our country is in important times right now, and it's it's important for all of us, socialists, Democrats, everybody, to to talk about these things and figure out: Am I wrong? Uh, I, I want to know if I'm wrong. I don't think I am, 
but uh, we, we should be talking about these things and figuring out the proper use of force for government and proper role of government and, and how what we want our country to look like in five years. Because if we don't go the right way, it's going to be unrecognizable. We're going to end up like China and our kids will grow up under tyranny. And that's not going to happen under my watch. I'm not going to allow that. Well said. Well, thank you so much for being with us. We thank appreciate you. it a ton. Check out BruceFenton.com. Awesome. I'm going to post the link to your website and your contact info in the description. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. It was fantastic. And I hope to have you on sometime soon again before the election. Absolutely. Thanks again.